Hello, I'm Katie Sewell, and this is A Bittersweet Moment with Tiffany Parks. Hello, and welcome to The Bittersweet Life. I'm Tiffany Parks, and this is your midweek bittersweet moment. Well, the year has gotten off to a pretty crazy start. I think we can all agree on that. But over here in Italy, where you would expect things not to be quite so crazy as they are in the U.S. right now, we have had a little conspiracy theory of our own. And we got an email about this from a concerned listener. And we've also been getting some social media comments and private messages about this. And I personally had one of my distant relatives email me and ask me if everything was okay, if these things that they had heard were true. And it's it's actually kind of a a funny story just for how ridiculous it is. So I'm going to get into a little bit of what is being called Italy Gate, also known as the Vatican Blackout. Now, first of all, I want to give props to one of my acquaintances over here in Rome and someone whom I follow very closely on social media, a guy named Mountain Buterak. Now, Mountain is a pilgrimage leader. He is a layperson uh, with a family over here in Rome. He is uh, American, I believe, and he lives over here with his wife and two daughters. But he leads pilgrimages around the holy sites of Europe and the Middle East. That's basically his day job, but he also is very good at keeping people informed about what's going on in the Vatican world, in the Catholic world over here in Rome. And so he wrote a very extensive blog post about what happened and a lot of the information that I'm getting now I got from him as well as from a Reuters article. I will link both his blog post as well as the Reuters article in the notes of this episode. So the conspiracy theory is sort of two-pronged, but both prongs have to do with the Vatican. So the first is that on the night between Saturday the 9th of January and Sunday the 10th of January, there was a sting operation at the Vatican in St. Peter's Square, and helicopters and police cars showed up in the middle of the night. There was a gunfight, apparently, and the Pope himself, Pope Francis, was arrested by the FBI for a slew of charges, the indictment supposedly, this is all part of the conspiracy, the 80-count indictment included things like possession of child pornography, human trafficking, possession of drug paraphernalia, and felony fraud. So these were the things that this conspiracy alleges the Pope was indicted on. Where did all this come from? Well, it seems to all stem from an article in an American local paper. I'm not going to mention what it was because I don't want to give any further publicity to people who are putting out conspiracy theories, but it was apparently a local article and a whole bunch of words in it and details in it were changed. So it was a real article, but all these details in it were changed to be about the Vatican and about the Pope as opposed to about a sort of local official, minor official in some very small town in, I can't even remember what state. Um, So this is where apparently it all originated. Uh, Some of the things that were supposed to have been going on, I should say the proof that something crazy had gone on were there were roadblocks all over the city, the Vatican lights went out, uh, there was a complete blackout apparently, 
And there was, as I said, a a helicopter arriving in St. Peter's Square, an ambulance coming to take care of the people who had been shot. And of course, that the Pope was uh, handcuffed and taken away. Well, let's debunk this one thing at a time. In Mountain's very thorough blog post, he rightly points out that there's always a police presence in St. Peter's Square. So, you know, if anybody saw policemen milling around the square, that would not be unusual. There are police in St. Peter's Square 24 hours a day. The lights in the nighttime Vatican, there's a live Vatican cam that basically shows St. Peter's Square and the church. And you can find it on the Vatican website and sort of see what's going on in St. Peter's Square 24 hours a day. And people are saying that it was completely black. Well, the truth is it's extremely dim because it's very hard to pick up light at night from that far away. So uh, that is not unusual. The ambulance was, according to Mountain, um, the nightly street sweeper who comes in through the square making sure everything is clean for the morning. And then there are big electronic reader boards in the square, which the conspiracy theorists were saying were to inform people of what was going on. Again, that's something that's been there for at least 10, if not 15 years. Those reader boards, they're not reader boards, they're big screens in the square. And they, among other things, live stream different events going on inside the Vatican indoors so that people outside can see them. They're also used for just giving information. There was also a video posted by people who were believing this conspiracy of a big motorcade going through the city. Turns out that was a totally different day, different time of year in September, different place, not even at the Vatican. So that's debunked. And there was uh, another video of lights going out during a Vatican liturgical ceremony, and that was proven to be a totally different place. (laughs) Um, And last but not least, the roadblocks. Well, guess what? We are in lockdown over here in Italy, and we're now in the yellow zone again, yay, in Rome at least. But over the weekend, the 9th and 10th of January, we were back in orange zone. So there were roadblocks up because they're making sure that people are not going out for reasons that are not allowed. So all of the quote-unquote proof that people are putting out there to keep this conspiracy theory alive is really just stuff that either is easily debunked or stuff that just actually normally goes on. But the best part about this story, my favorite part, is that the Pope was not only accused by this conspiracy theory of all these heinous crimes, but apparently he also... This is how you know that this theory probably comes from the American right wing or from QAnon theorists, that all of the votes that were cast abroad in Italy for Trump were switched by the Pope to Biden. (laughs) I would love to figure out how the Pope was able to do this. I voted from abroad from Italy. First of all, I had to sign up. I had to re-register. For my state, Arizona, you have to re-register if you're voting from abroad every single year. And so I re-registered at the beginning of the year. I received my ballot through my email, downloaded it. I printed it. I filled it out, signed it, scanned it, and uploaded it via a safe password-protected official Arizona election site. And that's how I voted from Italy. So I'm not sure how the Pope would have been able to, I mean, I voted for Biden anyway. Uh, I don't mind revealing. But if I had voted for Trump, I'm not sure how the, the Pope would have been able to change my vote. Perhaps people do vote in person at the American embassy, but I believe that most 
people who vote, most Americans who vote abroad, do something similar to the way I voted, either by mail or by fax or by email, just because it's nice to not have to go all the way into the embassy. So I thought that that was a fun thing to share with you, particularly because so many people have been reaching out and asking us about it. Also, as you may know, if you listen to this podcast regularly. My husband works in the Vatican. And uh, although the Vatican museums are closed right now, he does go into work a couple times a week. And he uh, happened to go into work yesterday. And I asked him when he came back, did you hear anything about this conspiracy theory? He's like, what conspiracy theory? You know, the, the Vatican blackout. He had not even heard a word about it. He spent the entire day at the Vatican with other people who work at the Vatican. And he literally had not even heard about it. I don't even think this is being covered on Italian news. That's how little credence has been given to this over here. So anyway, I thought I would share that story with you also just to answer some of your questions and concerns that that those of you who reached out to us had. Thank you for caring. Thank you for checking in. But all is well. The Pope gave a public Angelus, uh, reading of the Angelus prayer on Sunday the 10th, as he does every single Sunday, uh, and that was live streamed. So he's fine. He is footloose and fancy free and no jail time for Pope Francis. Thanks so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this bittersweet moment. Join us again. Bye. Thanks for joining us. Subscribe to the show if you haven't already. And if you love it, leave us a good review and tell all of your friends about us. Also, if you have an idea for a bittersweet moment, send it to us by email or voice memo. We're at bittersweetlife at mail.com or find us using the contact page at thebittersweetlife.net. <laughs>